morning church, church inside the building, outside the building, church online. We thank God for calling us together in this new season, in this new church year, to come together to uh, journey together. As we expound on Luke chapter 24, and today we are wrapping up the message for the Senior Pastor Series. As you remember, we preached on the first series, it began with the confirming our faith. That was the first message. And when we confirm that the resurrection of Jesus is the foundation of our faith, we will have confidence in taking our journey. So that was the second message. We begin to take our journey once we have that foundation. Sometimes you may not see the finishing line in your journey, but stay on the path and let Jesus walk with you because He will bring renewal to your lives. And that leads us into the third message, pursuing our renewal. And when we pursue our renewal, we must invite Jesus to stay with us, to dine with us, and to renew us. And He will provide us with open eyes and burning hearts and a quickened feed in continuing our journey. And that's our message today, the fourth message, continuing our journey together. And before Jesus uh, was ascended, He gave three confirmations through the disciples before he left them. Luke 24, beginning in verse 36 to 43. That's the first confirmation. Jesus confirms his bodily resurrection. 36 to 43. Let me read to you and follow along in your Bible. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. And they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do you doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they were still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. Jesus was confirming his bodily resurrection. And you remember in chapter 24 of Luke, we started with an empty tomb, and then Jesus appeared to the two disciples on the, on the road to Emmaus, and now Jesus appears to the 11, the 11 apostles. And Jesus was appearing to an increasing number of disciples to assure them of his resurrection. But the focus here the focus here is to convince the apostles that he rose from death physically. The focus was on bodily resurrection. You see, historically, there were heresies who believed that Jesus was only a phantom. That Jesus may seem to be human, but his human form was an illusion. Or maybe Jesus only possessed a human being, human body, and upon his resurrection, he gave up the body and reverted to a spirit. So he was a phantom. He was not real as a person, not with a body. That's called dosectism. And secondly, another heresy that was very popular during that time is called Gnosticism. Since physical body is evil, they thought physical body is evil, and spirit is good, so they can't be any bodily resurrection, because if Jesus rose from the dead with a body, then it's, it's evil. He will be embodying in an evil element. Jesus was only a great teacher who died. He died, 
And what we have today is his example. His example of sacrificial love, amazing love. And that lives on in the hearts of the followers. And, and his spirit lives on, in a sense, because the body is evil. And Jesus appeared to the eleven in a very emphatic way. In verse 36, Jesus himself appeared to them. And in verse 39 says, hey, look at me, my body. I, myself, that's my body. Touch it and feel it. It was none other than Jesus who rose from death physically. And by appearing to them, he showed them that he possesses a body that can be touched and bore scars on his hands and feet and able to consume food. And remember in verse 39, the second part says, A spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. I have a body. What Jesus demonstrated to the eleven was a physical body that was raised from the dead as a transformed body that will never suffer, never be weak, never be ill, and never die. And since Jesus' bodily resurrection is the first fruit, then we who believe in Jesus will also have our bodily resurrection when Jesus comes again. See, why is it a big deal? Why is bodily resurrection a big deal? It is because Jesus affirms the goodness of God's original creation of men and women, not as a mere spirit, but also with a physical body that God says it was very good. And through Jesus' redemption, our bodies will be restored to God's original perfection as He intended when, he shall, when, when we shall spend eternity with God. So God's redemption will be complete and perfect, not just the spirit, but the body will be redeemed perfectly in His glory. That's why it, it matters. That's why it's so important that Jesus rose from the dead with a body. And verse 37 reminds us that the 11, they were startled when they saw Jesus. They were frightened. And in verse 38 says, Jesus said they were troubled and they have doubts. And verse 41, Jesus says these people, they, they disbelieve, they still disbelieve with a mixture of joy and marveling, thinking that Jesus was a spirit. On one hand, they can't deny Jesus' resurrection because they feel it. They, they, they felt that they touched Him. But on the other hand, it's like it's so hard to, to really grasp it. So emotionally, they were thoroughly confused. You know, it may be surprising to you that the eleven were confused while they were hearing a report from the two disciples on the road to Emmaus on how they met the risen Lord. In the midst of that, they, they still reject Jesus' resurrection and find it difficult emotionally to handle that. And that just shows you the resurrection of Jesus hasn't sink in yet for those apostles and the disciples. But Jesus said, peace to you. Peace to you. Peace was lacking in the disciples' life because they were wrestling with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And peace is scarce in our days as well. If true peace can come to us today in the midst of COVID-19, in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your crossroads and wondering which way to take, how wonderful that would be. Peace. 
peace from God that will help us to face challenges of life. Have you noticed that those who stay in Jerusalem as if they were the strong ones, they did not forsake Jesus, they stayed put? And those who walked away, like the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, they have the same struggle. Whether you stay or whether you walk away, they were having the same struggle. They were struggling with Jesus' resurrection. And we all need to be reminded of Jesus' body, the resurrection, regularly so that we have peace, that the, the peace of God that may return to us. That's, that's what we need today, peace, peace of God. You know, after I attended the memorial service, the funeral service, for the fifth and the sixth one within these two, three weeks, you know, it began to overwhelm me. And I remember on Friday, I was attending a funeral service for one of our saints, and she was 91 or 92. I was sitting in the front row because I was asked to do a benediction. And, and, and that somehow after five or six funerals, uh, I remember my mother, and she passed away like four weeks ago. And I didn't feel much because it was a peaceful departure. We said our goodbyes. It, it was expected, you know, six months of battling with intestinal cancer, one week in hospice, and we were able to say goodbye that morning. I didn't feel much. I felt peace. In fact, I showed my mother's picture to some of you and said, hey, that's my mother. But that morning, that emotion came back. I was in tears. Because when they, the, the son of the deceased was sharing the memories of how uh, his mother used to buy things for him and just care for him, and I remember my mother too. You know, sometimes you, you, you try to be strong as a pastor. You try to be strong for others. You try to be strong and remind people that we have a risen Lord, but you need that too, and I need that message. And in that overwhelming uh, sorrow, I remember the message I preached four weeks ago, that Christ is the risen Lord. And I think in some, some way, in God's sovereignty, He prepared our church to face all these separations, sadness, bereavement that we will be facing. But when I preached that, I didn't know. But God, in His sovereign will, gave that message to our church and remind each other that God is with us and Christ is our risen Lord. And today we need that message as we continue to face COVID-19, as we continue to face life. There will be challenges, there will be hardships. Life is always tough and life is always challenging. And we need to be reminded on a regular basis that Christ's bodily resurrection is the first fruit for us who follow Him and someday we will also rise again with God. He confirmed the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. And secondly, in verses 44 to 46, he confirms his fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures. In verses 44 to 46, let me read to you. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scripture. And said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. Jesus confirmed his fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures. He talked about the laws, the, the prophets, and the Psalms. That, that's the Hebrew Bible in Jesus' day that was divided into three sections. That's the whole Bible. 
whole Old Testament scriptures, and they all point to Jesus. Not only point to Jesus, but it was fulfilled in Jesus through His redemption for mankind. And just like the way Jesus dealt with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, Jesus here confirmed to the eleven that Old Testament prophecies on the Messiah was fulfilled in Jesus. And secondly, just as the way He opened the minds of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, Jesus opened the mind of the eleven to understand the scriptures that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And we preached on that last week and expounded on that in a little bit more detail when we dealt with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. So Jesus confirmed His bodily resurrection. Jesus confirmed His fulfillment on the, third, on, on the Old Testament Scriptures. And thirdly, Jesus confirms His mission to the disciples in verses 47 to 49. It says, And that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in His name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And that's a very important commissioning of the disciples, just like in Matthew 28. But Luke does it dif uh, slightly differently, but the whole content is very clear that Jesus confirms His mission his mission for the disciples. You see, when God created man, He gave him a cultural mandate to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over every living thing that moves on the earth. And that was the cultural mandate He gave to us. And we continue to carry that. But secondly, when Jesus rose from the dead, He gave the disciples the gospel mandate. The gospel mandates to evangelize the world. Verse 47 reminds us of the message. He says the message is to proclaim in His name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed. That's the message. That when we preach the gospel, some of you are led to believe in Jesus because of a hardship, because of an illness, because of brokenheartedness, or, or you find the love of Jesus overwhelming, then you receive Jesus. But the content of the gospel must be repentance and forgiveness of sins. You must include that in your gospel presentation, otherwise we don't need the gospel. You may find healings in a psychologist. You may find some help from your groups and, ho uh, and friends around you. Why do we need Jesus? We need Jesus because of sins that separate us from God and us. And that separation can only, can only be bridged by the redemption of Christ on the cross on our behalf and carry all the sins of the world upon His shoulder so that He can impute God's righteousness to us and we stand before God as righteous. That's the only way. And the gospel has to have a, an element that you have to deal with repentance of sins and forgiveness of sins because of the work of redemption that Jesus has done on the cross on our behalf so that we can be reconciled with God. That's the message. But even though you come to Jesus 
You come to God through different avenues at different stages of life, but ultimately, that has to be reconciled. Sin has to be dealt with, and our relationship with God has to be reconciled through Jesus Christ. That's the message that we need to proclaim clearly as we continue to carry out the gospel mandate. But secondly, the goal, he says, from Jerusalem, beginning from Jerusalem to all nations. Basically, he was saying, from where you are to all nations. From your community to international. So from community outreach to international missions. Basically, from local to global. And that's why our vision statement has a component of that, that we will build vibrant churches locally and globally. It is a reflection of God's commission to the disciples. That's for you and that's for me as well and for our church to carry forward. Verse 48 reminds us of the authorization. Who, who is authorized to do that? Verse 48 says, you are witnesses of these things. Those who know those who know him personally, that's you and me, the witnesses of these things. And, and their experience of eyewitnesses will not be merely a spectator sports. I, I saw something and then, yeah, that's what I saw, you know. No, it was, it was really a comprehensive call to testify about Jesus to the end of the earth. And that's the commission that Jesus has given to the disciples. But before you go out, make sure you have the power while you are authorized and you know the message and you know the goal, you know the direction that you are moving in, but make sure you have the power. Verse 49 says, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. That God will send Holy Spirit as He promised in the Old Testament, and you could wait for that and once you are filled with the Holy Spirit, then you are able to go out. Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 29 reminds us that I will not hide my face anymore from them. That's about Israel. When I pour out my Spirit upon the house of Israel, declares the Lord God. God promised Holy Spirit to give us power for us to move forward together with the Great Commission. And until you are fully clothed until you are covered in and out with the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't go yet. And the Spirit came upon the church, and the church was on fire. And I pray that you will have that power within you as well, that the Holy Spirit brings remembrance of God's promise, God's words, God's presence, that you are on fire for Jesus to carry out a great commission for our Lord. Now, after Jesus confirmed His bodily resurrection, after Jesus confirmed as well his fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures, and he confirmed his mission to the disciples, and finally in verses 50 to 53, Jesus' ascension, he went up to the heavens, and our continuation. Jesus went back to the Father, but we continue to walk with Jesus. Verses 50 to 53 says, Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continuing in the temple, blessing God. Jesus 
is ascended to God the Father after the confirmation of bodily resurrection, fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures, and his mission to the disciples. He was ready. But Jesus continued to lead the disciples to Bethany, which stood on Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem. And as they were walking toward Bethany, Jesus stopped and prayed for God's blessing on them. To pray for God's favor on them. To pray, to pray for God's eye to be upon them. That's the blessing. And we need that blessing as well. And Luke described Jesus' ascension as a parting, a temporary parting, not a permanent separation, because He will return as the King of kings and the Lord of lords and receive us into His glory. It's only a temporary parting. You know, as you're sitting down there, you may be asking, what, what will happen when Jesus ascended to the heavenly place? What, what, what was He doing up there? While Jesus will receive His glory and honor and authority. That's Revelation chapter 5. And Jesus will sit at the right hand of God the Father, an indication that He has completed the work of redemption. That's Hebrew chapter 1 verse 3. And, and He will receive authority over the universe. That's Ephesians chapter 1, verses 20 and 20, 21. And the authority, he will receive the authority to pour out the Holy Spirit to the church, which he did in Acts chapter 2, verse 33. But more than that, Jesus will intercede for us as he sits on the right hand of the Father. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 34. And he will prepare for our reunion with him when he comes again to receive us into his glory. That's John chapter 14, verses 2 and 3. So when Jesus ascended, he was more than just sitting up there and waiting. There were a lot of things that he was receiving and authorized and continuing to prepare when he will come again and receive us into his glory. That's Jesus' ascension. It's a great doctrine that we can be reminded of today. But the important thing for you and me, you know, only Jesus can be ascended. He's God. But for you and me is we must carry on with our journey. Verse 53 says, And they worshipped Him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continuing in the temple, blessing God. You know, this is Luke's first reference to the disciples worshiping Jesus. Because the disciples now have acknowledged the deity of Jesus without any doubt. They worship Jesus as God without any hesitation. And the disciples return from Mount of Olives to Jerusalem, joyful, full of joy. Full of joy because they finally understood Jesus is the Messiah. And they accepted God's mission for them to preach the gospel to the end of the earth. And they know how to continue with their journey because it was paid for them for the journey forward. And we too must worship and rejoice and praise God as we eagerly await the fulfillment of all that He has promised. Holy Spirit, preach the gospel. That's what we must carry on together. So the message is very clear today. The message today can be summarized in this phrase that the ascended Lord empowers us with the Holy Spirit to proclaim 
in His name the message of repentance and forgiveness of sins to all nations. And that's the wrapping up of the message. That's the wrapping up of Luke 24. And it opens into the Acts of the Apostle. As Luke continues to write about the Acts, the happenings of the early church to carry on. And that's who we are, the happenings. Because Christ has ascended and we carry on with our journey. You know, after we have confirmed Jesus' resurrection and ascension, we must continue in our journey to be a vibrant church of disciple-makers. And that's who we are, and that's what we are called. In the midst of COVID-19, by God's grace, we have experienced God's provision of a new building and a much upgraded facility. And with all that, I think God is telling us it's time. It's time to give generously. It's time to go courageously. And in this new season, I, we believe God is calling us to serve the community with the love of Jesus and to reach out to the community with the gospel message. And our church pride ourselves as a Bible church. We study God's Word. God's Word is our foundation. And we go deep into God's Word. And we, we want to grow deep uh, in the words. And we believe we are called to be disciple-makers so naturally, when we think of disciple-making, we just study God's Word. But if you go back to Matthew 28 and look again, what is the Great Commission? The Great Commission says, make disciples of all nations. Go ye. We often neglect that part. We go straight into teaching and preaching of God's Word and observing what God has instructed to us and He will be with us and neglecting the first part of making disciples is to go. Go and make disciples of all nations. So evangelism has not often been strong in our church. To love the community and, and, to, and reach out to the community with the gospel message has not been very strong in our church. They, they are all equally important. Studying of God's word, but do not neglect the going part. To go, to reach out with the gospel message so that people can know that Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus is the Son of God, and Jesus is the Savior of the world. We, we need to, in some ways, reclaim that into the Great Commission, especially for our church, so that we can be growing together in a more comprehensive way. So in this new season, we just want to call on the church with all the blessings of God, the upgraded facility and the new facility, that we want to reach out to the community with the gospel message and to serve the community with the love of Jesus. And that is already happening. Community outreach is already happening. That on every Tuesday and Thursday in this place, right, right where you are sitting, there's a ping-pong ministry that reach out mainly to the Cantonese speaking. And every Tuesday and Thursday, about 50 or 60 of them, they came. And 60% are non-Christians just from our neighbors. They came in, we just get to know them, and Pastor Wilson often would sit among them and just talk. Talk about Hong Kong, talk about China, talk about culture, talk about, you know, uh, mid-summer, uh, mid-autumn festival and things like that, and just get to know them. And after the ping-pong ministry, a group of them will go for lunch together. They would go to a Chinese restaurant and, you know, sometimes one table, two tables, and they begin to share life. 
And that's where Pastor Wilson will begin to share about Christ, about our church life, about what is so significant about church and what is so important about knowing Jesus Christ. It's already happening. And we have basketball ministry to the children and to different groups, but we want to make it more outreach-oriented. So the Mandarin group approach Peter Jian and, and Joe Wong and say, can the Mandarin comes in to have a part where we can share the gospel with the parents of the young people so that there's a component of going out with the gospel message. The Mandarin is doing teaching English as second language to the immigrants, but they want to expand that. They want to expand it to a citizenship class, again, reaching out to the immigrants. And using that platform, begin to show the love of Jesus to them. And the Cantonese group says, well, we want to go one step further with all the ping pong ministry. They want to, to partner with another Christian organization to do tax filing every year, beginning next year, in February, March, and April. Open up our church for people to come and return with a church filing, uh, a tax filing, and then we get to know them and just to serve them, just love them, so that we are able to present the gospel through our love, through our life, and through the gospel message. And maybe some of you can be, can be a part of that too. They have already recruited six individuals uh, in the Cantonese congregation. And maybe they will come to you and say, why don't you be a part of that? Because the, the Great Commission begins with go. Make disciples, but go and make disciples. And we have this international students ministry for our English congregation for a few years now to reach out to the foreign students in the campuses around us here in high school and in colleges. And maybe some of you can be a part of that. And, and some of you might be uh, international students before you have that experience and you can be a part of that and serving together. And we are also thinking about homeschool network and through homeschool network to foster a biblical worldview for homeschoolers, but also for students going to public school. Because in public schools, all the readings and other things that they are uh, infatuated with uh, oftentimes are a atheistical approach. And maybe our homeschool network can come together and bring the biblical worldview into all the things that they, they were exposed to and they will come to public school with understanding of the biblical foundation and to move forward together. And the English is thinking about your tutorial for children who struggle with academic uh, challenge in school. That maybe you can, part, you can be a part of that as a, as a teacher or just as a retired individual that you can share some of that together with them. And maybe other initiatives that some of us here who think that maybe in this new season, as we reach out to the community, we can do some of that. Why, why are we doing this? It's not to get the church busier. It's not to get the church more active. This is really a gospel mandate that Christ has given to the church to go and make disciples of all nations and teach them God's word and to observe God's word and to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And Christ said, I will be with you until the end of the earth. I really want to challenge our, our congregation, our English congregation. I often call you the anchor of the church. And I hope you anchor well. 
the Cantonese look up to you, the Mandarin look up to you and say, hey, English, you, you, you set the tone and we will support you. The Cantonese and the Mandarin are fully aware that oftentimes it's because of the English ministry so strong with the youth and with the children and with the young adults that many of them draw to our church because of that. So if you anchor well, they know how to support you and how to work together. And our church will continue to bring glory to God by going and make disciples of all nations. I challenge our young people who are sitting here that when you go to your high schools and colleges, you know how, how much, how many of your peers were struggling, struggling with broken families and drugs and sex and, and all kinds of things. And you, you are fully aware, you are fully immersed in that. And I challenge our youth workers and say, but we have the gospel. But we have the gospel. We keep telling our people that we have the gospel. We have different values, and therefore, we don't have to be confined, controlled, and conformed by the world. But if that's the case, why don't we tell them? Why don't we reach out to them? Why don't we have a youth outreach ministry that can reach out to Walnut High and Diamond Bar High and schools like that? And our youth pastor, Kevin, is taking on that. And he wants to go, go to a school and start a Bible club so that our students in the school and they can reach out to their friends and we can preach God's word, preach the gospel within where they are. We have the gospel. But what are you going to do about the gospel is the key because we must carry on with our journey. And some of you who are collegians, you know how much even more struggle with the freedom Newfound freedom that they've just experienced, that's even more struggling. And some of you who are young adults, and you know how it was, loneliness, isolation, confusion of values was hitting that segment of the population. And you are part of that. But you have the gospel. You have the gospel. And some of you who are in the middle age of your life, pretty much done with raising kids. And as you prepare for your retirement, think about this community outreach. What do you intend to do for the rest of your life in the next 20 or 30 years? Go and cruise, you know, you need to cruise. Go and play golf. Go and enjoy good food. You know, we all have, should have some enjoyment of life that created by God, given by God. But are you ready to meet your Creator? That's my challenge to the 50 plus. Are you ready to meet your Creator? Are you finishing well? Are you leaving a legacy, a spiritual legacy for the church, for yourself, for your family, for your children? Have you dealt with the past regrets or you still carry that baggage with you? Are there some unfinished businesses that you are still facing, but you are trying to avoid that with just getting busy and getting yourself engaged in all kinds of activities except God. It's time. It's time. It's time. You know, you heard me preach that over and over again for the past seven years. I think it's time. This is a new season. It is a new season for our church to come together and say, let's come together to reach out to the community with the gospel message, 
to serve the community with the love of Jesus because we have the gospel. That's what we have. We have the reason, Lord. That's what we have. That's the joy of coming together. So as each congregation, pastors will lead you into different ministries. I want to invite you to respond to their invitation. Respond to them and, and work together with them as God leads our church into this area, the gospel mandate. And it is so appropriate today that as we wrap up the Senior Pastor Series in our new season that we come to the communion table. As we gather around the communion table, which is we're coming back to the cross of Jesus, where we begin our journey with Jesus, at the cross of Jesus. We want to remember the Lord by retelling the gospel story because you find yourself in the gospel story and therefore you and I are given the mandate to invite others to encounter Jesus and live in that gospel story. And that's what this that's what makes this uh, communion so meaningful today. So I want to uh, uh, invite those who are born again and been baptized to our church, our church, other churches, to participate in the Holy Communion. You have the elements with you. If you don't have the elements, please raise your hands and keep your hands raised. Our ushers will give it to you. So keep your hands raised, and they will bring that to you. If you put your hands down, they can't see it. So keep your hands raised. And those who are watching online, uh, you have the elements prepared, so the ushers will bring the elements to you. And let's pray together for a time of confession. Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you for loving our church enough to die on the cross for us and to empower the church with the Holy Spirit so that we have the ability to carry out the Great Commission. And today, as we come together before the Lord's table, Lord, we know that we are imperfect, and we know that every one of us, me included, that in the past week, even today, we have thoughts, we have acts that have violated your law, that has displeased the Lord, that have sinned against you. So we come before you and ask your forgiveness of sins. And sometimes, Lord, we'll be insensitive to people, we'll be selfish, and we have upset others, disappointed others, and even violate others. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness. So that when we come together to remember the Lord, it will be a meaningful time of a union, a communion, with God, as we deepen our faith in you, as the two disciples on the road to Emmaus deepen their faith with you when you walk with them. So walk with us in a communion. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to invite you to stand together, everybody, stand together. And hold the elements in your hands and peel off the first layer. Whether you are observing with us through the elements or you observe together because you're not baptized with your heart, but we must all come together to remember the Lord. Let's take the bread. Jesus said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
let's eat to remember the Lord. Now we peel off the second layer. The scriptures say, in the same way, he took the cup of the supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's drink to remember the Lord. You know, the communion allows us to remember the Lord, but also to build a community of believers who are commissioned by Christ to go and preach the gospel. So I want to invite the congregation to have a time of congregational commitment. I'm going to invite the worship team to stand behind me and do pledge together with the rest of the congregation. We will pledge together as a church because this is what we believe and this is what we have subscribed for our church, our commitment with the vision statement. Let's read together. To glorify God by being a vibrant church of disciple makers, driven by a passion for God's word, God's family, God's world, that reproduces vibrant churches locally and globally. And we ask, what is a vibrant church? How does it look like? Well, we have four indicators. Let's read together. Love passionately. Live authentically. Give generously. Go courageously. If we can do that, some of that, a part of that, then we consider ourselves as a vibrant church. That's a goal that we are all reaching together. I want to invite you to also pray together with me. Prayer of a dedication. I want you to read the prayer together as your prayer to God because we, we dedicate ourselves, our church, to God. So let's pray together by reciting this prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, we commit ourselves to proclaim the gospel of repentance for the forgiveness of sins to all nations. May you strengthen our walk, increase our faith, keep the unity of our church, the purity of our lives, and the ongoing revival of our hearts. In this new season, we dedicate our church to be a blessing to our community, and we dedicate ourselves to be witnesses of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are willing to go out of the four walls of our church to serve our community with the love of Jesus. We're willing to welcome our community to come into our midst that they may find God, know God, and worship God. Together, we shall build a vibrant church of disciple makers that reproduces vibrant churches locally and globally. So help us, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.